I was also communicating with another person via LinkedIn and I asked him why he was looking at a franchise right now and he said, well, I was just downsized. That is a tough position to be in. The good thing with a franchise, it can be a wonderful career alternative. So I said, we can certainly look at jobs and look at businesses and expand the net, look at that. And he was exactly 50. And the concern that I hear from those people is they feel they can get another job, but what happens again if they are laid off in another four or five years? And that's the standard length of a job. And many times that's one of the reasons, again, that people look at a franchise is to have more control, more freedom, more flexibility. Welcome to Reinvention After 50, a Brand 50 podcast where we interview a large spectrum of entrepreneurs that have started their businesses later in life. Learn, be inspired, and get motivated by their stories so that you can take your life's experiences and turn them into your next venture. And here are your hosts, Jack Uhaldi and Robert Eriartboard. Buying into a franchise is probably a way to go for folks that don't really know really what they want to do. And the first step is really talk to somebody who's really well known that understands the different franchises. Diane Ployce, who I am interviewing for this podcast, has been in the franchise business for a long time, super knowledgeable, and she can help answer, somebody who's knowledgeable in the space can help answer questions for those that may not know, A, what's what it's gonna cost, what kind of investment, what type of franchise I wanna get into. So Diane really does a nice job of that. I know we talked about it a few years ago, franchising, but you know, I always thought of the old school of franchising where like the McDonald's, you need a million dollars to start a franchise. So I just thought it was out of reach, but nowadays franchise, you can have all kinds of franchising and you can have service-based internet franchises now, which I think is very interesting. Matter of fact, I talked to you uh, before this podcast or before doing this intro, how I'm actually really thinking seriously now about franchising. So I'll probably give Diane a call. What's nice about people like Diane, they ask you a lot of questions before you even commit to a franchise. They want to make sure that you're right for it. So that's why the, this interview was really interesting and really got me thinking about what actually what my next steps are. Tell us a little bit more like what you talked about within the interview. Yeah, you know, we basically talk about the assessment, so you, which what you just mentioned. So, so Diane talks about the assess, assessment, qualifying people, trying to figure out what you're good at, what you might have skills in. She talks a little bit about financing, but we didn't really kind of, we didn't go too far deep into that because it really, the financing part is, is secondary. The first part is, hey, figure out what you're good at, what you may want to do. She could help, you know, assess that. And then from there, you'll, you'll figure out, okay, what, what costs, what do you feel comfortable with from an investment standpoint? Really? But the one thing we did talk about, and the one thing I really do like about these franchises is that they're a template. They they've have other franchisees across the country that are doing this. And you, as a new franchisee or somebody that's looking to get into it, can reach out to them. Mm -hmm. And you could say, hey, I'm thinking about, hey, I'm thinking about buying into this, or maybe you've already bought into it. How do I, how can I be successful? And they'll help identify the top franchisees around the country that are doing well in the particular markets. And that's those people that you kind of align with. And it, it's a great way to get into owning your own business. And what, what I really like what Diane mentioned, you know, she, she's basically doing a pre-interview with people. 
she sees what you've been doing your whole life, basically what you're good at. And, and the term that I loved that she mentioned was transferable skills. You know, I'm more of a technical guy, so, but she can probably figure out from what I've done in the past, what skills are transferable to franchising. So I find that very interesting. Yeah. So why don't we get into the interview? Diane Ployce uh, from Franchise, but that's a, it's got a ring to it, doesn't it? It does. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for joining me on the Brand Fifty uh, podcast as reinvention after fifty. And I'm sure you you deal with a lot of clients that are looking to reinvent their business goals and you know their business acumen, if you will, uh, beyond fifty. But before we get into franchising and um, and everything that's involved with franchising or starting your own business, I kind of wanted to hear about you, your origin story how you started. I know you've been with Franchise for 17 years, so maybe just give us a little glimpse into your history. Be happy to. And thank you very much for the invitation to be on your program. It's quite an honor. I got into franchising actually accidentally. We had moved to California for my husband's job and prior we had moved for my job. So I was the trailing spouse. I answered one ad in the newspaper for a director of marketing for a franchise company. I didn't know franchising, but I did know marketing. So they hired me for my transferable skills. And many times the people that I work with, we also talk about their transferable skills. That got me involved in franchising. So much the foot in the door. I loved it because I'm working with people who have a business and they are growing it. They are contributing. They're giving that stellar service to customers. They're proud of what they're doing. It was so interesting because they're so engaged. So it was really just a a very wonderful move that, that happened and I greatly appreciated it. So I started on the franchisor side and then became a director of marketing for a franchise company. And as sometimes happens with the people that I work with, even though I was part of senior management, I was downsized and was quite surprised. However, I knew about an organization called Franchise, chatted with those folks and was honored to be invited to join them as an independent franchise consultant. And I've been doing that for the past 17 years. That's awesome. And my, my follow-up question was going to be, what excites you about franchising? But you already answered it. So I, <laughs> I, won't, uh, I won't get there. You know, it's interesting to you. You talked about, you know, you were, you were let go. And, and when you look back at certain points of history and time, the financial crisis of 2008, and then now this pandemic right. that we just recently faced, there are these pockets of time where I'm sure your phone just starts ringing off the hook where people have gotten laid off from their from their jobs that they've had for maybe 20 years. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, that is a common occurrence, if you will. Yesterday, I followed up with someone that I had chatted with a while ago, and he wasn't happy with his job, just a number of things that weren't good. And he thought that there's the possibility they might make a management change. They had different consultants come in and different recommendations. And a couple of days ago, I sent him an email. How are things going? Last year, I recall that they did a big family vacation and asked if he was doing that again. He said, I got laid, I got, uh, wow. laid off this morning. 
<laughs> wow. wow, yeah. So he said, I have to get my head together. I had to turn in the company phone. I have to decide what I'm going to do there. And some of those types of things, he said, give me a couple of days and then absolutely let's let's talk. So that was one case within days. Yeah. And then I was also communicating with another person via LinkedIn. And I asked him why he was looking at a franchise right now. And he said, well, I was just downsized. And I asked if he had gotten a severance package and he had not. And I asked if he had any inkling this was going to be happening. And he said, no. So that is a tough position to be in. The good thing with a franchise, it can be a wonderful career alternative. So to this latter gentleman, it happened to be, I said, we can certainly look, can certainly look at jobs and look at businesses and expand the net. Look at that. And he was exactly 50. And the concern that I hear from those people is they feel they can get another job. But what happens again if they are laid off in another four or five years? And that's the standard length of a job. Yeah. Then what are they going to do? So he was looking a little bit broader and looking beyond. And many times that's one of the reasons, again, that people look at a franchise is to have more control, more freedom, more flexibility. Are there any franchises uh, where, you know, people can kind of tip their toes while they still have their full-time job, like uh, like a side hustle of some kind? Are, there, are those available? Well, Jack, we don't call it a side hustle, <laughs> although we do like people that have side hustles because it shows that they're taking initiative and they're taking action, which are all very good things. Right. We call businesses that would be first cousins to that manager-run businesses. So what happens is the person keeps their job, but they are building a business through a manager. They will need to put in a certain amount of time on a weekly basis, and it depends upon the franchise. But if we just say in the 5 to 15 or 5 to 20 hours a week, especially to get started, would be appropriate. Once they have the first unit open, then they'll usually look at opening up a second unit in the next year or two and a third one again next year, year and a half or two. By that time, they're cash flowing. And if they haven't been laid off yet, a lot of times they look at this manager run business as a bit of a safety net or to have another income stream. And when they're doing better and if they're still employed, they might say, hmm, now what do I want to do? Do I want to continue with the job or do I want to say adios to the job and continue to grow my business and scale it even further? So it's a a very uh, advantageous position to be in because they can call those shots. Yeah. You make reference to unit, like the first unit, the second unit. What, What do you mean by unit? Thank you. That's probably jargon that we in the franchise world use. When we reference a unit, it could be a location such as a store or brick and mortar. It could also be a territory. So if we look at a service-based business that might run out of an office suite, people don't see the bright flashing sign on the side of the road. It's still a legitimate business, but it usually is based on territory. So it might be based on 50,000 cars or 10,000 pets or 20,000 children, depending upon the franchise. 
Got it. Now, I would I would suspect that it's probably going to be less expensive to get in if you're not you don't have a brick and mortar, right? I mean, if you're going to get into like a, a franchise, it's more of a service. Yes, if you are open to looking at service based businesses, usually the investment will be lower. Usually, you can get started sooner. You don't have to have that location at the corner of Maine and Maine. You don't have to wait for the build out. So it is much easier and faster to get started. Okay. And what what are some of the steps? Um, all right. So let's just say we, we're starting ground zero. Um, you'd mentioned the gentleman that just got laid off and he's kind of, he's, he's, he's thinking about his next steps. What are the next steps or the first steps, I should say, that you take people through when determining whether or not they're a good fit for, for starting a franchise? Sure. First, I want to have a conversation with them. I want to find out what is going on in their life right now that has them looking at a franchise? Is it lack of opportunity in their career? Is it a bad boss? Is it now that they're working from home and they don't want to go back to the office or they don't want to have the commuter? They've got more confidence in themselves. So what's going on? What is their why? They need to have a why. Otherwise, why do something? So I, I want to understand that. That's critical. And then I'll continue to learn about the person we have a confidential questionnaire that we ask people to fill out. It only takes 15 or 20 minutes. It's four pages. It allows us to get started. After that, we do what we call a consultation call. And that's where we go into depth. And I learn all about their skills, their interests, their goals for their business. We'll talk about territory. We'll talk about investment levels. We'll talk about industries, the sales and marketing piece. We'll talk about a number of those things. I'll answer questions, and I want to learn their preferences for a business so that I can match them and their skills and their interests with several franchises that would be available where they are and viable so they can learn about them, um, understand them, and see if, yes, these would be one of those would be a good fit for them. You know, you you actually the the why? What's what's the why? I, I find that to be an important question uh, for people for sure. Uh, but you also this pandemic as people are going back, are you finding uh, people you know not wanting to go back to the office and realizing that they they want to have more control of their lives now? They do, they do. They've had a little bit of taste of freedom. Sometimes we say once the genie is out of the bottle, it's hard <laughs> to get her back. Yeah. So they've experienced some of that and they like it. And they now look at it and say, gee, I, I have more opportunities maybe than what they had thought. Sometimes we tend to limit ourselves, be it in a position or even considering other opportunities. One of the very nice things, Jack, with a franchise is that for most businesses, you don't have to have industry experience. So if we look at, for example, a painting franchise, the franchise company does not want you to have a painting background. They want you to have a business background because you're going to be hiring and managing the painters. You're the person who's probably going to be giving the quotes and being involved in the community. You're not picking up that paintbrush. So so they'll train you. Okay. So, so in other words, you buy into a franchise. Let's say you have... A, you have a business acumen, but you're not a painter. Well, I would assume that most of the franchises will bring you to their corporate facility or whatever. They'll, they'll take you through a training process. 
They will, and they will detail that. Most of the companies will have pre-training. So they'll say, let's start our pre-training here. We want pre-training done by this time. And then when we have our training, usually at the home office, not always, sometimes that has been condensed a little bit because some of the franchise companies are doing some things online. So they have changed it up a little bit so that people might be at the corporate office for a few days instead of a week or a week instead of two weeks. So yes, they will go through that. Each company has their own specific way that they want to do training. And they will detail that as part of the franchise investigation. And again, you get to ask owners and say, so what was your experience with training? And usually, usually they'll say things like, yeah, by day three, we had really bonded. We went out for happy hour after, really like the people. I know that I can ask the dumb questions and no one minds and everyone is helpful and I'm getting a ton of info. I'm taking so many notes. I'm going back to my hotel and I'm studying. So yes, the, the franchise companies spend a lot of time and effort to make sure that the, the training is thorough, that you're well-equipped when you get started. And then when you get started, you can call every day. If You can call whatever you need help with. Most companies will assign you a coach and part of their responsibility is to help you become successful and to do it as quickly as possible. Yeah. So it's obviously in their best interest, right? To make sure that you're successful. Uh, they don't want to see failed uh, franchises. So, um, yeah, but also think if, if you're the person who had the big idea and you started the franchise, it's kind of like you're like mom or dad. And that new franchisee is like your new baby, your new kid. And you want them to do well and you want to teach them how to do it. And you want to save them the headaches and the problems. And you say, do this. Please don't do that. I did that. It doesn't work. Do this. <laughs> right. So that's part of that arrangement here is they, they want you to succeed. In fact, they'd like you to do better than what they did because you probably have more tools and more opportunity than they did getting started. So they say, here's all this info. Just learn it. Do it. Follow it. Yeah. I, I work with some franchises and I noticed that they do the coaching is really, really important because you might you might have a franchise here in the San Francisco Bay Area, but your coach has got a franchise in Chicago. So that's so important. And I know it's I know it's really helped a lot of people um, you know, successfully. Question I have for you is okay, let's start square one. Let's call it Steve. Steve is a 50-year-old guy that just got laid off and he's like, okay, I need to start my own, my own business. He gets into a franchise. He's got 401k at work that's going to convert into an IRA. He has some disposable income, but he's got three kids he's trying to put through college. <laughs> I'm sure you deal with a lot of people like that. What what does the financing look like? Let's say I want to buy a franchise and it's going to cost me $150,000 to get in. Just you know, I know there's there are going to be less, there's some that are less, some that are more, but just to say round number, it's 150,000 to get in. How does one go about getting the, the financing? So certainly I'd want to talk with Steve and see what his comfort level is and see what savings he has and what his credit rating is and his ability to access credit. So he may have a certain amount of liquid capital that he could put in. He may look at doing an SBA loan. I will share with you that because so many people are looking at businesses, both independent and franchised, 
that I always tell the people to allow more time for processing. While we know that the S in the SBA stands for small business administration, right now it also stands for slow. (laughs) So they have to take that into account. But that's certainly one option. Another would be a home equity line of credit if they own a home. Particularly now, homes have gone up dramatically in price. So that could be an option. And if the person has worked in corporate America and they have retirement funds, many times people will look at that and they'll learn about it and they'll realize that they can roll over that money into their own business without penalty. In fact, there are some tax advantages when you reinvest it in your own business. So a lot of times people are curious, they might be hesitant, but they say, let's learn, let's get educated. And through some of those options that I just mentioned, they can look at putting together a funding piece. There are a few franchise companies that offer funding, not a lot, but there again, if the person is determined and it's a match, that could be a real plus. That's really, that is actually huge. I I wasn't aware that you could, you could, uh, potentially transfer funds over from an IRA or a 401k um, without penalty. That's that's a pretty big deal to be able to do if, that. If you think of it, if you're working at company A and you take a different job to company B, you're probably moving your portfolio and reinvesting in that new company. So basically what people are doing is they're taking their money that they had from company A from their employer and they're reinvesting it in stock in their own company. Yeah. But they're betting on themselves rather than the market, which they have no control over. And obviously talk to a CPA before you do anything. Get get the the, the tax advice because you know what? We we all know that the tax code changes every year. So be up to date. Right. And this is not something that a person can go to a YouTube video and do no. online. There are companies that right. specialize in it in it. They want to make sure that they're following ERISA law properly. So I recommend and and can advise some companies that specialize in that. Yeah. What are some of the common mistakes that you find first-time business owners making, be it franchise or even even outside of a franchise? Well, part of it is a good thing. I think they tend to be optimistic and always think they can get things done sooner and faster. And the reality is anytime you're doing something the first time, it takes more time. Or even though they say put tab A and slot B in training, sure enough, you get back and and you do tab B and slot A. So you do it reverse. So I would say allow yourself a little extra time to get up that learning curve. Many times people may wait a little too long to hire some people. So look at that and look at where you want to go. And maybe you're at 80% capacity and you need to bring on another person or you need to order another vehicle. So look at that a little bit sooner than later so that you can continue to serve customers and continue to grow and scale the business. And again, uh, this is another common dilemma, if you will, is that sometimes people love the operations part of the business. and What happens then is we have a term for it. They get sucked into the black hole of operations. And then they have to go, oh, my gosh, we have to do marketing. We have customer engagement. And they have to balance those things. That's a tough one. Yeah, I'm sure that is a tough one. Is there, there, like, do you find, 
people that have an operations background do better than people that have, say, sales and marketing, or is it sales and marketing that tend to do a little bit better? Is there is there a category of, of, of success rate when it comes to that? I haven't seen it. I think it's more dependent upon the person, their willingness to learn, their ability to be coached, their desire to to have their own business and do what it takes, have that fire in the belly. Yeah, it comes down ultimately to grit, right? I mean, if you have grit, determination, and a little bit of cash flow, <laughs> um, you, I'm sure you'll you'll, you'll have a, a good a fighter's chance. Back to the, the mistakes that people make, I would imagine one of those mistakes is, is not having enough cash flow, like not having enough in reserves. And my sense is it probably depends upon the type of franchise that you're in, but is there a rule of thumb in terms of like, you want to have like six months saved up or a year saved up? Is there, is there a rule, is there a rule of thumb for that? The parameters you mentioned are very good. Many companies will want you to have at least six months and preferably 12 months of capital available. They also prefer it if there is a spouse or a partner that has steady income coming in that can take care of the bills. So in business ownership, we talk about three buckets of money. So the first bucket, if you will, is money that you need to get started in the business. That's money that you would need to pay the franchise fee, go to training, get started, get your doors open, if you will. But we know that most businesses don't cash flow on day one. So your second bucket of money is money that you need to have for working capital until you can hit break even. So you have to allow for that. Right. The third bucket of money is money that you need for your personal expenses, for your rent or mortgage, gas in the car, your groceries, et cetera. So those are things that we all have to take into account. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a lot, but doable. What are some of the top questions that people ask you when they're when they're kicking the tires on whether whether or not to start a franchise? Well, people always want to know what is that financial opportunity? What does that look like? Can I replace the income that I'm making? How much more could I make? What kind of lifestyle could I have? How time consuming is it going to be? How much flexibility can I have once I've got it down? Those are probably some of the questions I hear the most. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure it kind of just varies. The other, other question, comment, it's more of a comment, maybe really just would, would be curious to find your feedback. People that are 50 and over, uh, there's a perception that maybe they're too old or too tired or burnt out, or all, all of the above, and may not, it may not be smart for them to go out on their own. Uh, but when you look at statistics, most of the businesses that are started by 50, 50 and older on a percentage basis do better than some of the other age groups. Are you seeing that with franchises? We are because they bring that experience. They bring years of experience. So when it comes to managing the business, hiring people, training, being involved in the community, they can tap into all of that. So you might say that they've had a couple of decades of practice so that they can appreciate where they're at and have that fast start. Yeah. It's um and I'm looking at some of these stats that you have. You you do a great job on your LinkedIn page by the way. I, I went to it and we'll talk a little bit here in a second about Keep in Touch Tuesday, uh, which I love is your video that you that you posted there, but and you've got some nice success stories as well. 
Um, there was the woman from Hawaii that had the, was it the, the car opening service yes. that yeah. she had? So there, you know, in fact, we'll, in our show notes, we'll post your link, uh, your LinkedIn connection so that people can follow up with you there as well. But like fun facts that you have on your, approximately one out of every seven businesses in the U.S. is a franchise. That's a huge number. It is. Most franchise companies have fewer than 100 units, which means 100 businesses, correct, that right. they're selling? Exactly. This one really kind of struck me. A new franchise business opens up every eight minutes. That's that's insane. So anyway, there's there's more in here. Only four percent of franchise companies have more than five hundred locations. So I mean, it's obviously it's not all the bigger companies. This one here, Starbucks doesn't franchise its units in the U.S., but they do offer licensed stores. What's the difference there? Well, a franchise you would have an ownership opportunity, and a license um, is. Uh, different in that regard. With a franchise, you also have a legal document called a franchise disclosure document. Okay. All right. So let's let's kind of segue. We're almost done here. Segue on to your videos, and and I we obviously we value, and I think videos are really really important for businesses to have. Rob and I are working on a curriculum teaching, going to teach businesses how to do their own videos. Um, it's always best, obviously, to to hire. A professional, but there's documentation, the things that people can do along the way that we think is a real benefit. With your own business, I see that you've got Keep in Touch Tuesday. It was really very nicely shot and lit. Tell us about uh, what all that is. And I know the pandemic kind of slowed it, so it slowed it down, but tell us about that. Sure. I started this series called Keep in Touch Tuesdays, which was my own name for it, because I wanted to engage with people but not in a heavy business way. I wanted people to see that even during the pandemic, there are some opportunities and we need to keep in touch. We need to make that effort. So I would do weekly short videos, generally a minute and a half to three minutes where I was talking about some aspect of keeping in touch. Sometimes it was an article that I had seen. I remember reading one article where the president of the company made a point to do two outreach calls a day, a day. And this is the president. And that's one of the reasons I think they've been written up in the Wall Street Journal. And I had the article and I referenced it. Another time I talked about a person uh, that I know that put out a book of quotations. And she uses that as a way to keep in touch that she gives to customers because everybody likes quotations. I talked about my own personal experience with my college roommates. Even though we've all been out of college many years, <laughs> we get together every year, every year, and now we're doing Zoom calls because there was one year that we couldn't meet. So just talking about ways that people can stay in touch so that we don't lose that ability to have conversations that we can reach out and, and make sure that our, our loved ones and friends and clients are doing all well, are all doing well. So it, it was just my first foray into video as well. I think it's great. And I think the real benefit of it too, is that your customer, potential customers, people will see your authenticity. They'll see kind of get, get, get a sense for your personality, um, whether you're likable or not. And by the way, you're very likable. I liked your video. <laughs> I just think it's really, really important for for businesses to do. What do you, and what is your your thought on that? Like in terms of, 
businesses and utilizing video. Do you, are you seeing that within some of the franchises you're working with? If so, I mean, how has it been, do you think it's been successful? I do think it's been successful and I agree. It allows people to have some idea of who is that person on that other line and that they are real and what's important to them and how might they able to lend a hand and what is their style like? So in the franchising world, we're seeing franchise companies embrace video a lot. Certainly with training, we see franchisees using it when they want to give some directions or things to do to employees, particularly if they have different shifts or different locations. It's a way to put information out there that can be reviewed. So again, when the franchise companies are doing some of the things on training, they will have a whole library. For example, if we just take a senior care franchise and you have all these caregivers, they can go online to their internet and they'll have this whole menu of all different aspects of giving care. So it's all right there, saves the franchisee, the business owner, a lot of time and effort. And it, the person listening can hit pause, they can review it. It's really beneficial. Yeah, yeah. And not to mention for sales too. I just think it's, it's, it's great to have for sales. Um, my final question for you is trends in the marketplace. I know things businesses trend in and out. Is there any a particular type of franchise? You don't have to give a specific name. You can if you'd like, but just a, a category of business that you see trending up. That is a very astute question. And we are seeing some trends. The trends surprisingly are towards service-based businesses because most of those have been deemed essential. So during the pandemic, they did not have to close their doors. They could continue. And these are businesses that provide a service that many times can't be outsourced or Amazon isn't doing it. Right. So people look at that and they say, oh, that's pretty interesting. They may not be particularly sexy or exciting, but they're rock solid businesses. Many of them are in the home service category with people being home so much, they're seeing things and they want things done. So there are now franchises for roofing, uh, for insulation, irrigation, gutters, flooring, window coverings, painting, handyman, plumbing, electrical, HVAC, lawn care, pool care, pet care, to name quite a few. Go for, go for care too. Uh, could be go for care. That probably would be a sub sub uh, spot under the lawn care. Right. <laughs> Those little critters. Yeah. Pesky little critters there. So with those, again, people can get in the lower investment. They can get started sooner. They can be the owner operator in some of those. And in others, they're going to be the general manager and they're going to be hiring the technicians. Some of them, they're going to keep their jobs and run and scale the business through their employees. That's great. Um, I lie. Just one more question for you. Um, Franchise, I know you guys have a lot of franchises you represent. Do you know approximately like how many that you guys have under your umbrella? We work with, let's just say, the good ones. Yeah. So certain industries, there is much more interest. And there are some new industries too, for example, mental health. We now have franchises in that category. So we look at the different categories and we try to work with the best brands in the categories that are really growing 
and where there's a lot of interest. This is great, Diane. I, I appreciate your time. Is there anything you wanted to add before we call it a day? Well, thank you for that question. I would just recommend that people evaluate and expand their options. Don't limit yourself. While franchising isn't for everyone, it's not for the person that needs that guaranteed paycheck every two weeks. And it's not for that renaissance person that has the big idea and can write code and and write copy for the website and can engage customers. But for the people in that middle ground, if we look at it from a scale of one to 10, if we look at the people three to seven that have some skills, that have some interests that say there is some risk, but it's really mitigated because they've got all of this infrastructure here to help me. Those are people that I think could look at a business. And I say, why not learn about it and con- and consider it? Yeah. And one thing I want to add too, there's a, there's a gentleman you and I both know, Kevin Renault. I've had him on my podcast. I, I saw that we were both on LinkedIn connected with him. And Kevin to me is another great example. I should have mentioned this earlier. You know, he started the um, elder care franchise that he bought. He, I know he, he started it like it was a very small entry. He got in and he built it up. He did a really, really nice job of building that franchise up. And he ended up selling it because he retired. He ended up selling it for a lot more than what he paid for it. So you're not only gaining an equity, you're, you're not only making your monthly living expenses, but you're building equity in a business that you can later sell. Exactly. And, and that's a beautiful example of a business that can start out of a usually a small office and the person hires a few caregivers and they get a few clients and then they hire more caregivers and their clients need more hours and they have more clients and they hire more caregivers. So it grows and scales just going up the side of a triangle, if you will. Yeah. And usually after a few years, they may outgrow that initial office and we then move to another office, which is fine because they have the revenue to support it. And the customers, as long as they're receiving the care, they don't care where you're office as long as they're getting what they need. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and likewise, they are definitely growing and scaling that business. They are building an asset that is sellable. Yeah. Well, wonderful, Diana. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I have. Uh, we're going to have all your information in show notes, and if people have questions, they can they can reach out to you directly. That would be perfect. Thank you so much. The easiest way is to go to quick chat with Diane, <laughs> D-I-A-N-E dot com to schedule a call. As you mentioned, I'm certainly on LinkedIn under Diane Ploys, the franchise fitter, because we know Ploys, even though it rhymes with Rolls Royce, is not easy to spell. It's P as in Peter, L-E-U-S-S. That's why we have the franchise fitter with it because that is easy to spell and hopefully easy to remember. But your last name also connects with with, with franchise too, so. It does, yeah. (laughs) Diane, thanks so much. (laughs) Thank you, Jack, appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on all of our guests, go to brand50.com where you'll find show notes and other resources to help guide you through the next exciting phase of your life. Please consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, along with other platforms, and write us a review while you're there. You can also sign up for our email list on our site to get the latest podcast updates. We promise you won't get a constant barrage of emails from us, and you can bet we'll protect your privacy as well. 
You can also follow us on social media accounts listed on our site. Thank you for listening.